George Alpha Denver Jill. I hope you're doing well in our last hour of the show. This is going fast, and I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, stay tuned here at CKNW for our show and for Jazz's show afterwards and the news. You can just stay with us the whole time. All right, the BCNDP provincial government just released its public accounts at noon, just a, you know, about an hour, two hours ago. Uh, what are public accounts? What is this? It's basically their audited financials. It's the numbers for the province of British Columbia that compare actual money spent to the fiscal year to the plan that they had set, a, set the year before. And they've done pretty good based on the numbers. And to talk about this, I'm joined by Rob Shaw, legislative reporter for Czech TV in Victoria. Hey, Rob. Hey, how you doing? Good. So not really that surprising, but they had $9 million projection loss, and they uh, ended up making a $1.3 billion. That's a pretty good difference for them. That's, a, that's enormous. I've never seen – I mean, the pandemic was unprecedented, but I have never seen like – you know, ten to thirteen billion dollar revenue turnaround like that, and and basically what it comes down to is, you have to remember this. What we're talking about here is the budget that the government came up with in kind of spring of 2021. So right. vaccines are just coming out. The world still looks like a pretty scary place, and the year of government's kind of finances closed March 31st of 2022. So we're talking about kind of peak COVID, but also when the economy roared back, when people did get vaccinated mm-hmm. this summer, we had the fall. And what government did is it, it estimated for the worst case scenario. And what has come back instead is that, you know, BC had the high, one of the highest um, economic growth rates. The unemployment rate dropped. Taxes were way up. The crowns reported revenue. People were buying gas and lumber. All like basically just turn the whole thing around. And so the NDP says that we end up with a one point three billion dollar surplus instead of almost a ten billion dollar deficit. All in the the course of one of the wildest and craziest years uh, the province has ever seen. Uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, and I think a lot of that must be related to that revenue they made from oil and gas, or is it uh, is that, is this that revenue that wasn't predicted that they got? Yeah, you can break it down. So there's a $10 billion revenue swing. Mm-hmm. Six and a half of that is taxes. So we have sales <laughs> okay. tax from people buying more stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whether you're at home on Amazon or whatever. Um, you've got some of that from property tax, or sorry, from um, corporate taxes mm-hmm. and personal income taxes. People keep their jobs, businesses stay open. You have uh, almost $2 billion of it from natural resources. So forestry, the value of wood went up. People were doing home renovation projects. Gas and oil, the, those became more valuable, global uncertainty. Uh, and then you have a billion and a half from Crown Corporation. So ICBC saved a lot of money, and mm-hmm. people played the lotteries, I guess. Uh, the lottery corporation. Re- 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 uh, we were sitting at home playing lotteries. There. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. A lot and, of then, and then the other part of the taxes, just to go back to that issue, yeah. is housing, right? And we saw a 50-plus percent increase in the property transfer, transfer. tax over oh, what government yeah. estimated. Yeah. So government gets its sticky little fingers on every <laughs> property sale and uses that money. And it's an it's enormous revenue and uh, and was a huge part of this as well because the housing market uh, was going gangbusters there during uh, during the part of COVID. But, George, this yes. is the thing. Like, this is kind of a mirage because <laughs> okay. what, where we are right now in August of 2022, mm-hmm. we have inflation up with consumer spending going mm-hmm. down. So the PST is not going to be as lucrative. We have uh, interest rates up and mm-hmm. the housing market going down. So, so the property transfer tax yep. is, is coming down. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about an enormous turnaround and a surplus for last year. And the year we're in now we may, in fact, be in a deficit. Who knows? We're not going to get an indication of that for a few more weeks from government. So remember, these are lagging numbers, mm-hmm. but it just tells us that 
that, you know, things change all the time and it might not be quite as rosy as we, we think it is. So any hope that people might have with some of the taxes that NDP introduced or re- increased or, you know, certainly corporate tax, uh, the chances of those being lowered because, hey, we're prosperous, we're making money uh, mm-hmm. is very unlikely because you're predicting that potentially we're going to see some deficits. I think we are. You look at the Ontario uh, throne speech that just came out a few weeks ago and they said, you know what? Ottawa's turned off the taps on all its pandemic assistance. They funneled billions out to the provinces. Mm-hmm. It's time to get back to, to mm-hmm. fiscal management, mm-hmm. and that means controlling your spending. It spent enormous amounts of money during COVID. You know, the government spent $3 billion more than it thought in the, this fiscal plan we're talking about, and most of it was on health care. And as that balances back out, you end up with really tight books again. And I think that's more likely where BC's at. This, this revenue bonanza uh, isn't continuing, but uh, that leads to and also government spending more on things like affordability packages for people uh, during uh, the inflation and we saw mm-hmm. the first of that yesterday was 60 million dollars to school districts right. up with meal programs and we're seeing more next week the finance minister which, so there's, there's spending there which begs the question and uh, with a, a leadership race them you're in the midst of a leadership race it looks like eb will be the the winner likely uh you know is it possible they'll call an election he'll just say you know let's get out of the gate before people see us decline in our (laughs) revenue and we see that one year from now when you see a 10 billion dollar deficit potentially uh that now might be a good time to call an election for potentially spring yeah there is some people speculating that i think that it's more likely if i was speculating that we'd be considering uh fall of next year if the ndp wanted to go early and the main reason is that uh, david eby's not running a coronation anymore he Mm -hmm. is now have two (laughs) rival candidates against him which means he's got to take the race all the way through to the December, I think, second or third actual yeah. vote. And it's too late if he wins there, which he probably will. It's too late to influence the budget, which comes out right. in February. It's done in December. So he's not going to table a budget that he didn't write in February mm-hmm. and then go to the polls um, with that. He wants his own financial mm-hmm. stamp on government. He wants to fund his promises. I think it's more likely that you would see him seriously consider a fall election uh, than a spring one. But, you know, when you ask him, he says, I'm not considering any early election, which is what <laughs> yeah, okay. leaders always say until they <laughs> until they spring it on you and you're like, yeah. well, hang on, wait a second. We've heard that song before. I know the BC Liberals were in, literally, you were, uh, you're, you're, you have a conflict because they're talking about what they, their thoughts on are on this. I'm not sure if you've got any intel on where the BC Liberals are, but I'm guessing they're sort of along the lines of what I'm saying is, hey, you know, this is an anomaly or uh, that this is a one-year thing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're saying like, look, they're, the government's bringing brought in too much taxes. They had too many fingers in your pocket, mm-hmm. um, obviously, to end up with this surplus, including, uh, and they're relying pretty heavily on the housing market uh, to fund that surplus. Which it, there is a note of irony there, considering the Liberals relied on the housing market for their budgets quite a bit too. I think it's difficult to explain to ordinary people the BC budget because you think the government ends up with this 1.3 billion surplus, they could spend it on the labor. Uh, negotiations on the healthcare doctor crisis. Mm-hmm. But the way the BC law works is when government ends a year, March 31st of mm-hmm. a fiscal year, it ends with a surplus, boom, the money automatically disappears and it goes on to debt. So it's not money that mm-hmm. someone's sitting around a table, as the finance right. minister put it today, it's not a dump truck full of cash behind the legislature <laughs> that you're like, woohoo, look at, we got extra money, let's buy something. It's gone. And so I think labor negotiations, the BCGEU, I see a lot on Twitter today saying, let's use this money to sweeten <laughs> okay. the pot. It's already, it's already gone. Yeah. You can't spend it. It's not there. And so the question, the, in, the 
core question government always wrestles with is it taking too much or too little from you in taxes and fees during a year because whatever it gets left with disappears automatically. Hmm. And so, unlike cities where they actually do have a chance to spend their surpluses if they have them and, and put them into special projects, they don't have that requirement to to put it into uh, general uh, revenue or stick it in there. They can they can blow it, which uh, they do usually every year. <laughs> they spend that money yeah. if they can. Speaking of, uh, you know, the uh, with regards to um, BCGEU, uh, obviously a strike looks like it's over, um, but what's the status of things from your point of view in Victoria? Well, yeah, Premier John Horgan today said called this a tentative deal. I'm not quite sure that it is, but it's pretty close. It's pretty it's pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what happened to get the government back, or the BCGEU back to the table was the government came up with a better offer. We don't oh. know exactly what's in it, but it was a better offer than the 11 percent average three year deal with a twenty five hundred dollar bonus, which was what was on mm-hmm. the table previously, and the GEU started the strike for. So something better. Has been looks like it's been agreed upon. Uh, the cost we don't know. We asked the finance minister. She said, "Hang tight." Uh, the government had 10 billion in kind of wiggle room in the current budget, the year we're in right now, mm-hmm. and for labor deals and other things, so it could fund some sort of deal. Uh, and this, the picket lines are coming down, and the overtime ban is coming down. I think that was one of the requirements government had to sort of get this going. Is that the the restaurant hospitality, private liquor sector, private cannabis retailers are in a crisis because of those picket lines at the warehouses. And as they hammer out these finer details, the government wants those lines down so those businesses don't collapse. And and obviously the GE is doing that. So I think we're pretty close to a deal. The other part of this, George, that fascinates me is that there were other unions more excited about getting a deal with government than the GEU. And we saw the HEU and some others that were much more receptive to government's offer. And I think there's some union pressure as well within the union world to the GEU to say, you know what, this is pretty good. Like, it's, make it work. Yeah, and, and you don't and need the negative happening. PR because, I mean, the, the public relations nightmare, if the entire cannabis industry disappears, for example, not mm-hmm. good for the NDP base, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. And uh, also the restaurants and, you know, doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on. If you piss off the, you know, the uh, restaurant industry and the, that industry, you're definitely pissing off a lot of people. So, Yeah, and I, I don't think this deal is going to be the cost of uh, living that the BCGU demanded, uh, linking their wage increases to inflation, which this year is going to be 6 7 8%. Mm-hmm. That was, that's extraordinarily yeah. expensive. But I do think government gave them a better offer that will allow them to save face with their members saying, look mm-hmm. what we got. And, it, and the government will be able to spend a little bit more out of the contingency fund it has and make this happen. This will be the benchmark that the other unions, the teachers, the nurses use in their negotiations, yeah. which are kind of happening as we speak. I'll be interested to see if, because aren't politicians tied to the rate of inflation, though? I know the civic politicians quite often are. They are. So yep. they're going to see nice big pay raises in the new year, aren't they? Well, they are. They, they that's calculated um, for the MLA salaries, uh-huh. and uh, that happens. I'm just actually, you know, I asked this question earlier, and what they got in April 1st of this year yeah. was a 2.8 percent uh, increase based on uh, the CPI, which was you, the funny thing about inflation is you can you can fiddle with the numbers a little bit if you want you can do bc inflation you can do national inflation you can amortize it and average it over 12 months but it depends on the month you start so mlas took 2.8 percent april 1st uh, and they'll get another one next april and we'll see what that one is 
All right, Rob, I appreciate you joining me. I know you got to go run around there and get back to the other press conference, so I appreciate you uh, joining me today. Anytime. Take care.